Hello, I'm Josh Bittner. Thank you for subscribing to the Market Analysis Podcast. We appreciate your support. This is the Friday, March 4, 2022 version of the Market Analysis segment from Market to Market. The war in Ukraine has increased worldwide concerns over tight supplies of fuel, seed, fertilizer, spare parts, and labor. For the week, the nearby wheat contract skyrocketed 349, or that's 40 percent, while May corn improved 99 cents. A drought that cut output and the war in Ukraine pulled the May soybean contract 76 cents higher. May meal added 17.70 per ton. May cotton shrunk to 221 per hundredweight. Over in the dairy parlor, April Class Three milk futures added 114. The livestock sector had another down week. April cattle shedding 615. April feeders cut 750. And the April lean contract, hog contract, declined 323. In the currency markets, the U.S. dollar index jumped 185 ticks. April crude oil gained 2351 per barrel. Comex Gold jumped 78.90 per ounce, and the Goldman Sachs Commodity Index soared more than 20%, or 134 points, to finish at 783.15. Well, joining us now to provide some insight is Don Rose. Hi, Don. Glad to be back, Brooke. Yeah, good to see you. Thank you. All right, so the big story is Ukraine. We've been watching um, the images, hearing the updates on TV. It's heartbreaking. You've been doing this a few years. Are we living history? Is this a big story that we're going to look back on from years in years to come? You know, it is, Brooke. You know, it's a historical uh, time frame. There's no doubt about it. You know, it goes down to the Russian grain robbery of the 70s. It goes to the droughts of the 80, 83, 88. It goes into the financial problems that we had in 2008, where crude went from $150 a barrel to under 30 in the fall. So it is, you know, and I think the importance is that Black Sea region is one of the breadbaskets of the world. It mm-hmm. accounts for 24% of the world grain trade, 29% of the world wheat trade, uh, 19% of the world uh, corn trade. So it's just a huge uh, area. And basically the Ukraine uh, ports are shut down. And bottom line, nobody really wants to trade with uh, Russia, with Putin, with all the issues. So uh, consequently, we have dislocation of a lot of the grain. And we're trying to figure out uh, where, who wants to uh, ship uh, and uh, all the issues that, that go around that. So that's the real problem. Mm-hmm. So uh, speaking of wheat, there was a historic run on, on wheat this week. Are we done going higher well, you know, we're in some historical times. Uh, wheat last week was uh, under $9, down the limit on Friday. This week we moved uh, up over $13, $13.40 on March wheat. The highest we've ever been in history is just under $13.50 on Chicago wheat. So these are historical times. I think the one thing, you know, from a, uh, an overall market standpoint, corn got caught up following it also. We had a time where uh, nearby wheat was up the limit, 75 cent expanded limit, and December wheat was down the expanded limit. So it just tells you the dislocation. But, you know, where we're really going, I think, is if anything cools down from a ceasefire standpoint, a sl- cool down, things look more peaceful, the market unravels very fast. If not, if we still continue war attitudes, the momentum is still underneath the market. So it's a very dicey situation. The bottom line is there's no shortage of uh, wheat in the world. It's just dislocated today. So what happens in Ukraine could potentially bring it down or is the market, is it overbought? 
Well, we're uh, definitely. I mean, historically, we keep an off overbought indicators. We've never really been this high in history, other than Minneapolis wheat in 2008, when it went from six dollars to 25, back to six, all in a short amount of time. So, um, yeah, I think the uh, the wheat market is one that is very dicey, very dangerous up in here. But we also have issues now, um, uh, Ukraine. They're, uh, they have hard red winter wheat. They're going to be harvesting here, same as us in the in the uh, hard, hard red winter wheat area. Can they get it harvested? Then can they get their crops planted? What's the yield going to be? So there's just a lot of uncertainty. We're talking about the uh, supply now, but what's the production going to be as we go into the spring and forward? Yeah, so many unknowns. So the WASD report comes out next week on Wednesday. Given everything that has happened, what do you expect to see in that that's different than, say, a month ago or two months ago? Well, the big trade it was focused on South America and the drought. We lost about a billion bushels of soybean production, 500 million bushels of corn production down in that area, and that's taken a back uh, seat, actually. The, the soybean market is now a follower. So, um, you know, to answer your question squarely, the re- I think the trade's going to look, you know, what are the exports? Is the government telling us that with all these issues, we're going to have to increase uh, corn exports X amount, uh, wheat exports, soybean exports? Um, So I think the trade's going to look at that very close. There's just a lot of unknowns out here, Brooke, and that means that you add risk premium to the market, and that's what we've been doing. But, you know, we always say you take the stairs up, the elevator down. So you've got to be very careful when you're a producer looking at marketing, uh, uh, scale-in marketing in these levels. Well, speaking um, of unknown, the situation in Ukraine and fear of the unknown pushing prices, um, corn prices higher. What what specifically are the unknowns? Well, I think in the in the corn market, uh, one of them is uh, Ukraine has 550 million bushels of corn unshipped between now and the first uh, of September. Uh, half of that goes to China. So, are they going to ship the corn, or does that get diverted to the U.S.? Does the U.S. Uh, end up uh, shipping then? Uh, does Brazil uh, ship more corn now? Uh, Brazil's also right now uh, planting their second corn crop, their big crop, their safrina crop. Mm-hmm. Are they going to plant more corn? What's our acres going to be uh, March 30th? Uh, are we going to find more acres uh, or not? And I think, you know, you got to be very careful, Brooke, right now because the government come up with can come up with some strange things that change the dynamics of this thing. Uh, even on Friday. Uh, rumors that uh, the Biden administration looking very close at maybe reducing their uh, RFS, reservable fuel standards. So um, that took soybean oil down. Also, rumors talk that maybe they're going to start to look at CRP acres coming out. Mm-hmm. Um, 22.8 million acres there, big unknowns, probably a low bet. But Europe is looking at that very close too, bringing some of their equivalent of CRP acres out. So when you're at these lofty areas, the dynamics can change uh, and they can change on you very quickly as we know it's a cyclical business yeah it sure is well it in the state of the union address this week there wasn't much to suggest that president biden wanted to back off some of the green initiatives so how will that impact ethanol and corn well, you know, you say that today, and he says that today, and the pressure mounts, and uh, the political uh, pressure can really start to change the dynamic. So I wouldn't be so sure, as we know even right now that we have some of the big oil companies that could produce more than they're doing right now. They're just not because they're afraid that if they start producing, the oil come down, and they'll have the production start, and they'll have to slow down. So um, I think the whole world was looking at this as a short-term situation, but it's very much turned 
turn it into a dicey long-term situation. So uh, hopefully we don't look at the RFS. That's one that should actually be going up, not down. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's a, a agriculture is very much in the green hunt doing their job. Okay. Well, let's move on. So we'll um, cover soybeans. So this was a good week for U.S. exports. Um, one of the best weeks that we've seen in a while. There's talk of less rain now in Brazil. Um, and we've been asking this same question for a while. Is the crop larger than everyone thinks? In South America, mm-hmm. I think when you look at it, um, it's, it's very much like we have in the northern plains. We had a dry drought situation in the Dakotas. Um, when we went to harvest, the yields were bigger than we thought. In South America, it's very popular to talk about how small the crop is, getting smaller even today. But the thing that we've had change is the weather pattern there has changed more favorable. The dry areas, mm-hmm. southern Brazil, uh, northern Argentina now have been getting some rain, in fact, some big rains, um, you know, like uh, one and a half to uh, four inches here over the next 10 days. So is that enough to change some of the late planted beans? I think so. The safarina corn crop, the second corn crop, the big crop that they're going to plant, um, looks like they're going to get well watered. Um, so maybe bigger acres and uh, bigger yields, we'll see. So, you know, the cure for high prices, Brooke, is always high prices. I mean, that's the thing we always have to remember. So uh, just things change. You get world produced uh, more. You use less. Mm-hmm. Somehow this magical thing, the supply-demand balance, stays in line. Okay. Um, so we'll move on to meats now because I guess we're kind of running out of time here. So cattle, let's start with catter. cattle. The higher um, corn prices <coughs> pushing cattle prices down so is this the only reason why? Well, the cattle market got up to about 150 on April cattle. And I think really what happened the cattle market, we dialed in all of this bull news, all of the uh, cyclical uh, bullish news um, that the numbers aren't going to be there. And then I think what happened, like we get in these, some of these black swans, things started to change. I think the biggest thing probably is the fact that the economy is starting to change. We're talking about interest rates going up, uh, the consumer dollar spending maybe less. We've got crude oil going up, uh, gasoline going up. So I think it's the uh, the dollars in the in the pocket of the consumer that's changing, and that's changing the market. We put a key reversal in cattle February 10th. Since then, we've been rocketing lower, uh, down almost $16 a hundredweight. Yeah, and you mentioned to me that box of beef cutouts were down, but we're ramping up for the big grilling season. So is that the economy? <coughs> yeah, I mean, you know, we're coming into the best demand time of the year on beef, and that's uh, from now, grilling season, into Memorial Day. Then you have Father's Day and Mother's Day. So, you know, this is a big demand time frame. The good news is the box beef has been down like seven weeks in a row. So you're, you're getting to an area where we should buy some demand. Right. Well, what about feeders? Where are they headed? Well, I mean, the feeder cattle just has an issue with the, uh, the corn, uh, you know, the input costs. Um, you know, the higher the, it's almost uh, every day if the, if the uh, corn price goes up, the input cost goes up, the feeder cattle come under pressure. So it's a struggle. We're still liquidating cows yet. You know, the, on the cycle, we're going usually three and a half years up, three and a half years down. We're liquidating the herd for four years in a row. That's good news for the long term, building the herd back up. Okay. Um, So we'll end with hogs. So production still lower. Where do you see this market headed in the short term and the long term? Well, the hog market is one that, I mean, the supply is just incredibly uh, low. They were uh, 
down 8% on the slaughter uh, in January. We're only supposed to be down 4%. It's really just all about the disease issues. The numbers just aren't there. Um, you know, we probably got a little bit of our head of ourselves when we went to 122 almost on June hogs. We only had two times in history we've been over 110. That was 2014 and then last year. But I think it's back to the consumer and the dollars. Uh, you know, two sides of the equation. You can have the supplies, but then you also have the demand side that has to pick up the lower supply. Yeah. All right, we covered a lot of ground today. Thanks, Don. Always appreciate you being here on the show with us. All right, well, that will do it for this installment of Market to Market. We will talk more in Market Plus, so be sure to join us there. You can find it on our website of markettomarket.org. Also, we are entering the time when public television stations like this one are asking for your support. We may also be airing in different time slots to accommodate for some of the changes in schedule. If you value the work of this program and of your station, please consider making a gift of support now. Next week, we take a look at the continued effect of the war in Ukraine on the rest of the world. Thanks for watching and have a great week.